0: Are you ready to age incredibly? We are too. And 2020 is your year to age with beauty, with power, and dynamic information. We are thrilled to present and host the 2020 Wonder Health Age and Vitality Summits and Wonder Life Wellness and Beauty Markets, April the 18th, 2020 in Fort Collins, Colorado, and September the 19th, 2020 in Indianapolis, Indiana. To find out more information and to get tickets, go to wonderhealth.com and that is wonder with a u. This is the Wonder Life podcast. The voice for health and wellness. Each week, we chat with real people doing big and small things to inspire us to light up our lives so we can go out and light up this world. You may find us on social at Wonder Health, and that is Wonder with a U. We hope you enjoy our show. This week on the Wonder Life podcast, I chat with two awesome young women who are millennials. Mostly, I am curious about this generation because you hear all the time, oh, they're just a millennial. They're lazy. They don't want to work hard. They're entitled, this, that, and the other. And frankly, I think it's important to understand who we're dealing with especially when we're asking people to save and change this beautiful world we live in. So I thought it would behoove us to stop talking about them behind their backs and talk to them to their faces. And though I know Rachel and Allie don't represent an entire generation, I thought we could have them uncover some of the thoughts and misgivings and demystify who millennials are and what they care about. I hope you enjoy this episode as we close out 2019, and we are ready to take 2020 by the cojones and rock the world. So happy, happy New Year! We love you, and we are so grateful for all of you listening each week and sharing the love. Namaste. I feel like people use use your names, use your title in vain. I don't think you guys. As a whole, like I hate to lump you in there, but I think we like need to shed some light on, you know, what, who, who you are as a generation, because I think that people, um, I think that people don't give you enough credit. And I don't think people yeah. understand you. So, um, sorry that you guys are representing all, of, <laughs> all, all of all.
1: Yeah, that sounds yeah, great. It's it's so true. I I agree with that. I don't know how how that got started, that whole negative millennial connotation, but it did. I don't
0: know. What do you think? Like what how do you think it did get started?
1: Well, I kind of feel like every younger generation gets that to some degree. Like older people always looking down at the younger generation and thinking that it's they have it easier or better or whatever that is, but I think the technology piece is huge because technology in large part has been introduced in our lives to make everything more efficient and easier. Um, it doesn't always, but it that's the intent and it has in a lot of ways. And so I kind of feel like because we've had the opportunity to grow up with that and our parents didn't or the generations previous didn't, that is part of it.
0: So you think there's a disconnect as a result of of us, of we, the people, (laughs) we, the older people, not understanding how your brains work because you guys have grown up with technology. Do you think that's like a big piece of it? Like there's just a disconnect from our side because, and I don't even want to act like I'm on the other side because I really don't feel like I am. Um, and I don't, I don't want to act like that. I don't want to be like that. Like, Oh, well, she's a millennial, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't want (laughs) to say that. Um, because I do think that just knowing you lovely ladies, like that's so not who you are. Like you're not like the, Oh, you're just a millennial sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. whatever that means, but you think technology is the barrier?
2: I think it definitely plays into it. I don't know whether or not it's the, the driving force of it, but I do think it plays into it because we, so Rachel and I were both born in 94. So I graduated we, in '94. <laughs> I love that. Um so we I think we both had year. yeah, it was. Um we both had Instagram like senior year of high school. So it's I I feel like we live in a we um as being twenty five, live in a unique time where we saw it before technology, like we barely caught, you know, middle school, high school pre technology, and then we saw like got it kind of at the very end of high school. Whereas I, I feel some sort of disconnect from kids now who are growing up with you know iPhones mm-hmm. and iPads and they have the technology, um, you know, starting out when they're, I don't know what, age three. So, and the other interesting thing I think is the people refer to, I, I feel like pretty much any young person as a millennial, but the cutoff for a millennial is actually 96. So oh, we're just
0: like yeah,
2: yeah. So we're, we're just on the very on yeah on the very end. Whereas I think people in their thirties, like they are
0: millennials, but people often don't see them as millennials. And you know, you made a very interesting point about you guys like bridging this gap between these worlds because you didn't have Instagram until high school whereas now like these kids are on this where this kid was like seven and she's like oh is that on your Instagram and I was like excuse me like so I'm (laughs) so confused about that because I'm like what are you possibly putting on Instagram at the age of seven I was um meeting with some friends and you know we're 44 45 and the one of my friends was like you know he felt like our generation bridge the gap between our parents and, and like the millennial generation or like maybe even the, maybe not necessarily like the little kids now, because he's like, you know, the, the, our parents didn't grow up with any of it. We had like, we got our first email in college. So, you know, I was 18 in 1995 or 1994. (laughs) So that's when I got my first email and so I think it's interesting, your perspective, because it totally makes sense. Like, you didn't grow up with that. So you, you actually are operating in a, in a different way than, I think, what people think. So who are the next generation people? Like, what, do, what are those people called? The robots?
2: I want to yeah. say it's Gen Z. Gen X or Gen Z, yeah. I think Gen I'm Gen
0: X. I'm, I think I'm Gen X. Yeah, okay. so I think post-96, I'm pretty sure that that's Gen Z. Because we all have our different perspectives. And I think the most important thing that I think that people need to understand, because we are talking about age and vitality, and so regardless if, if you're four or if you're 25 or you're my age or my you know mom's age, your parents' age, like aging is happening no matter what. Um, and I think that there's just this misperception and this misunderstanding of, you know, the millennial generation and what you guys actually care about or what you're doing or whatever. Do you, I'm sure you've heard, and I would love for you to address this. You know, I think a lot of people talk about the millennials as, um, being entitled. Mm -hmm. Do you guys hear that from people or are they just talking about you behind your back? (laughs) Probably yeah. a little
1: of both, but I've yeah. certainly
0: heard that before. Where? What do you think? Where do you think that comes from?
1: I mean, I certainly don't agree with it. I look around, at least at my immediate group of friends, and see the opposite of that—super um, hardworking, driven people that were fortunate and and grateful for that, but very, you know, very self-made in many ways as well. So, I hate to hear that. Although, I guess it's, I guess those stereotypes if you're talking about an entire generation are just going to have some truth and some false to it falsity to it
0: do you do you think that potentially like this notion of entitlement is really less about like I, I I think the entitlement whether it's you know at home or you know maybe like a lot of stuff is around like work and all that do you think maybe it's that you guys are able to express your wants and needs in different ways and have boundaries. Whereas like maybe the earlier generations were like more, yes, people climbing the ladder, like willing to do Mm -hmm. some of the schlep stuff that now you, some, some folks in your generation are like, you know, I'm going to pass on that. Um, you uh, you know, I'm going to pass on that task. Do you think that maybe that's what it is? It's just like maybe being more self-actualized and understanding more about what you desire. Because I think that that whole thing comes from like this thought, like, well, you know, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to do some of the harder work, if you will.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that we grew up seeing our parents' generation go through a lot of divorce, really unhappy with their work situations, um, kind of a lot of heart disease, killing themselves over stress, uh, just, just general unrest. And I think that it's caused us, um, unfortunately, but you know, if anything good to come of it, it's caused us to really look at our situations now and think, wow, is that, is that the kind of life that I want to live? Is that the kind of career I want to have? And again, because of technology, we have the chance to kind of create our own our own paths and in many ways that are very unconventional and I think because it's so different and it's so different than what they did and what they you know did right after school when they graduated um, it's just to them maybe not right or um, maybe they think there's a better way to do it but you know we're just I think adapting to the times and kind of looking I think that we're looking at our futures more critically than generations prior have I feel really lucky to grow up as a millennial because I think there's so much awareness around mental health like I feel totally comfortable reaching out to a the therapist if I ever need to um, access to medicine and like holistic medicine too and seeking acupuncture and prioritizing health like all those things thinking about what's in our food and where it comes from those are kinds of things that I don't think generations prior had the chance to think about when they were young
0: I agree wholeheartedly, Allie, do you have thoughts about that?
2: Yeah, I, I think I mean again, yeah the the technology playing into it is like we have been given the opportunity to equip ourselves with the tools needed to figure out you know what what path we want to take in life um, just because there is such an easy spread of information. I think we ha- as millennials have a unique, Opportunity to do a lot of like personal and self-development early on in our lives because there's books, there's podcasts, there's social media. Um, we can easily access that information, whereas I don't know that and learn from it because most of the the information we're consuming are people who are a generation or two ahead of us, and so we're able to take you know kind of their lessons and apply them now, I which like I think. That yeah which i think is a really mm-hmm. cool thing about about technology and being able to just you know um, put some headphones in when you're out for a walk and, and listen to someone's wise words
0: do you think that you being millennials are going to be able to help your parents age in a better way because you are I mean, we all have access to all this information, but just because of your position in the world and maybe your perspective.
1: I think just kind of spreading that awareness. And I feel like because we're, I don't know, at least I feel aware that I need to pace myself with social media and technology. Um, and setting really healthy boundaries for myself about like not sleeping with my phone in the room or cutting it off at a certain point of the day, um, being aware of those little things, because I, I know I'll have technology and then some for the rest of my life. Um, I think that's important to share with older generations too, because everyone's affected by it. And although it is incredible for business and it's really fun. Um, It definitely has addictive properties and it can really take over your life quickly if you're not careful.
0: Amen. You need to preach that on a regular. (laughs) We are in a real interesting time on the planet and I don't think it's any different than any other interesting time. Yes, other people would completely disagree with me, but it seems like we're, we've been in a crisis since day one, right? On some level. Um, and the more we access, we have to information, the more critical everything seems every moment. So I think it's really important for people to understand. Like who you guys care about as far as what's going on on the planet. What do you want to know about?
1: Speaking for maybe a, a larger audience of younger people, like certainly wellness is is big, um, and mental health is big. <clears throat> I would say having connection like I think although it's so easy to turn to Instagram for that quick instant gratification when you're looking for connection is nice we all are aware that it's not real um it's not it's not satisfying I guess and so I think that we still value in-person connection and spending time one-on-one together um having really healthy real relationships after looking at a generation of where the divorce rate is so so high and then the environment is like another really big thing just kind of seeing how you know what we've what we've done to our environment over the years and what we can do now I mean that's obviously gets into a little bit more of a political issue but I don't think it really is a political issue I just it's just reality.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you a thousand percent. Like our environment, religion, and like the abortion conversation have should have nothing to do with politics. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. a whole other, you know,
2: yep. rabbit mm-hmm. hole
0: of cray-cray. What about you, Allie?
2: <laughs> I think just we as millennials and, you know, there's always, you get every like gamut of person in each generation, right? So- we can't speak, Rachel and I can't speak for every millennial by any means, but I think millennials are, at least what I see from our friend group, are very eager to learn. Like we do want to know mm-hmm. what's going on in the environment or learn about our personal health. And we meet up and we all just come with an idea or a topic that we want to discuss, whether it's something in the news, it's politics, it's um, something that we're doing in work something we need feedback on we just meet up every usually every other week and talk through like we get a few minutes to explain it ask questions and then just kind of mastermind um, these different topics that we want to discuss because a lot of times um, I think some of these topics are seen as you shouldn't talk about them um, in public or like at the dinner table and or there's just not the opportunity because you're there's a, you see, you um, hear something on a podcast when you're by yourself in your car, and then you don't get to share your thoughts and ideas about it with someone else. So overall, I would just say that our generation is really likes to consume information and then take it home and form our own opinions about it, maybe discuss it. Um, And so whatever the topic may be, I think each person has their individual interests. Um, but we, we tend to use technology again as a way to consume information and then use it in our everyday lives.
0: I love that. I love your, your mastermind chit chat, like dive deep into the world. I think that's like such a cool thing. So I've got a couple questions. Um, So what do you guys think? Like, so when you guys get together with your friends, um, is everyone on their phone all the time?
2: It it depends. Um, You know, our friend group talks a lot about how we feel this kind of drastic split between we're still a kid, like we want to have fun, like we will get together and um, have drinks and dinner and just chat all night long and just do fun things. But then we're also adults and we are all working very hard. We have jobs and homes and, and just lives that we're, um, wanting to move forward. And we're looking forward to our looking towards the future to figure out, you know, let's build the best life we can. So it's kind of this split between the two of like being a kid and being an adult. Honestly, I don't notice the difference of our generation being on our phones any more than when I'm hanging out with my parents um, or or generations in between us.
0: Obvious when a whole room of people is sitting on a phone, Rachel?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally obvious. And I find that, I don't know, in our when our group of friends is hanging out, I definitely feel like people put their phones down and are are certainly more present. Um, I think people, like I said, still really value that in-person connection and are aware that the phone is really distracting from that. Um, but I I certainly notice, like, the phone's out if people are, like, if we're driving somewhere or if we're walking somewhere, like, it's more just, it's just an extension of self at this point. And so, like, I think the etiquette has changed with it. A little bit, I, I think, for the worse, um, people are fine with you know you being you texting while you're having a conversation with them or whatever it is. It's like we think we can multitask so well, but we can't. like we can really only have one thought at once. And so I don't know. i guess, I guess, yes, absolutely, but it's it's happened so gradually, it's a little hard to
0: tell that's the whole thing. Like all of this has happened. It's like it's gradually happened, and then it's like so fast all at the same time, and it's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. what the hell is actually going on? Like, my daughter, <laughs> you know, she's 10, and she, my kids don't have phones. When did you guys get your phones?
1: Um, I had an in case of emergency phone when I was in sixth grade, and then I got a real phone, like an iPhone, um, first year of college. So that's yeah. like that was
0: a big space. Cause you went to college, what year? Two
1: thousand twenty twelve. When did Twenty twelve. I had a phone yeah. in between there that was like an. I had an in betweener phone in there, but it was nothing like the iPhone. Like the iPhone changed my world. <laughs> that, and I was like, "Wow, this is
2: yeah,
0: yeah, addicting." Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I got my first phone in seventh grade, and then when maybe I was a junior in high school got an iPhone.
0: So did you ask your parents, like, because we are, like, a little kind of strict about it. I mean, our kids certainly use our phones. They have an iPad. They're on, I mean, they have computers, whatever. But, like, we're kind of, because we see how distracted the world is by technology, including ourselves, so we're trying to, like, mitigate the lunacy with our kids but at the same time it's tricky because we all need technology to function. I mean, I was trying to have a conference call with one of my folks that works with me and her internet her her power went out, therefore her internet was out, therefore at some cell tower tower was out or it was like a crazy sort of thing where it was mm-hmm. like we could then not function. Because we didn't have it, and and our kids, like these kids, are young. I mean, talk about like literally being one with the device. It's like they're wired for it. So it's like I'm not sure, you know, that us being like you can't have a phone until you're in the eighth grade is like a realistic thing. I mean, my daughter's going Mm -hmm. into sixth grade next year, and I'm like, you know, she might need to have a phone. I haven't told my husband yet because he'll completely disagree. But I'm like it seems like something, you know, like the more independent you are, you really actually need to have a phone. Yeah.
2: it. And see, from my experience, I, there wasn't any question from my parents of, cause I think it, it was a different time. Like we didn't see all the side effects yet because it was new. It was just this new cool thing. And I come from a family of early adopters and engineers. And so they really liked the technology side of it. And so my dad, like, I remember walking in very early on, my dad had the very first like model of the iPhone or sorry, the um, iPod. And I remember like seeing it on the counter and being like, what is that thing? Um, and so my parents were actually the ones saying like, oh, well, like, let's get you a phone. Um, whereas I had my best friend, her parents were Um, tended to be pretty strict and so she had to give her parents like a power presentation of why why she should get a phone so I think it just kind of depends on the parents and the the family situation because for for Mm -hmm. me it was completely different than for my peers
1: yeah I don't remember having much resistance on the cell phone either I think it was I think it was something that they wanted us to have because we were busy and then they knew that they could get in touch with us if they needed to or vice versa now it's such, it's so extreme. Like my cousins are much younger than me and their parents have them on find my friend. So they can't get away with anything. And I, I kind of feel for like that generation of kids where it's like, you have less little room to explore and experience and like be a little rebellious and figure life out.
0: As We're understanding a different culture, if you will, a different generation. Is there anything that's taboo that you guys think like, you know, like every generation has things you don't talk about. So for years, it's like, you don't talk about religion or politics or money. Um, you don't talk about race. You don't talk about, you don't talk about so many different things. Do you guys have those constraints or is everything kind of a free for all?
2: If it's Mm -hmm. friend to friend, I would say I could sit down with any of my close friends and pretty much talk about anything. Um, even you know whether we have the same opinion or we have differing views say it is about politics Um, yeah I I agree
1: with you Ali I don't feel that there's too much that can't be discussed in our generation I think it's I think because of maybe the way we were raised or because of the fact that everything's discussed on the internet and we're all we all have the same access to it it's we're all having the same thoughts. So I don't know, I feel, I feel pretty comfortable discussing it all with my, my friends. I would also say we all come from pretty similar situations and are fairly like-minded. So maybe that's just, you know, a result of that, but.
0: Race, something that you think in general, either, you know, I guess in general or personally, like, it's like something your generation's thinking about, or do you, or, or is race kind of an irrelevant thing?
1: You know, I like to think it's irrelevant, but it's just not. Um, I mean, for us, like Ali and I personally, for sure. But just in in the world, and I mean, looking at the news headlines and stuff, it's just still a factor, unfortunately.
0: I thought we'd be over it by now. I I, just, I was curious. I really
2: thought so too. I, thought, mm-hmm. I was
0: curious about what your your generation. You know, if if it feels more inclusive or less of a big deal or you know. Yeah, I think it does. I think it's, I I mean, comparing it to only
1: my experience, you know, in the last 25 years, like, I feel like it's gotten better. We've made major, major strides in our lifetime and are more accepting um, of everyone's rights than ever before, but it doesn't mean that we still don't
2: have a long ways to go. At least for, I think, both Rachel and my family, like, we were, we, grew up in a family where there wasn't any racism. So the first time I saw racism, for example, like I felt very uncomfortable and astonished. And I think that a a large
1: Mm -hmm. percent
2: of our generation grew up in a similar scenario, but a a a lot of people don't and or they grew up with their families, you know, planting seeds in their minds of whatever their personal beliefs are. In some ways, I think we were one of the first generations to grow up without any of that kind of those seeds planted. Um, but mm-hmm. you know every family grows up with their own own views or opinions. and so I, th- I think it depends, but i I would hope to say that our generation and future generations are more aware and taking the strides necessary to, um, you know, figure these things out and make them so they're no longer
0: problems. I would mm-hmm. agree. I mean, I'm like, I've been over it for years since I was watching Ricky Lake in 1995. I'm like, are we still doing this? But that-
1: I will certainly say like something I've noticed that maybe is very different from my parents growing up is not my parents specifically, but my parents' generation is um, people don't, at least in our immediate group of friends and like when we're all together, it is rare that I hear racial slurs or jokes. Like that is, I guess, in a sense, like not cool. And people know that. And I've, I've seen people comfortable calling it out and like, you know, kind of calling the shots on that and saying like, that's not cool, man. Like don't, that's not funny. So I think thankfully all of that
0: is changed. There's an awareness. Yeah, there is an awareness. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, that we have to uncover, we have to uncover the fact that your generation is a generation of caring, wonderful people and are just operating at a different level and probably a higher energy level, which is why, you know, when someone is different than you, back to the race thing. It's like, you don't understand them. So then you fear them. So then those people are wrong, um, or, you know, lazy or, you know, they're a millennial, so they're not gonna, you know, perform or do or whatever. But, um, I think that, I think that we have a whole different story to tell. So I I really appreciate you guys sharing. And before we go, I'd love to know, you know some of the concerns that you have around, you know, you're 25 and you guys have this awesome ships And I'm assuming you have these plans in your life. Like, what are the sorts of things that, like, you as you're, you know, aging with vitality and being in the prime of your life and will continue to be as you get older. Like, what are the things that you care about or are concerned about as far as aging goes, and like you know, whether it's like having kids or not having kids. Um, do you think a lot of people in your, in your generation are still thinking that they're going to be parents? Are they looking at like the population or what's going on on the planet and saying like, we don't need to bring people into the world?
2: (laughs) I would say our group of friends is certainly split on that. Yeah. I, and between Rachel and I, I would say we're, split mm-hmm. uh, for my experience is, and it's, I don't know how much of it is because of, you know, overpopulation and my, my beliefs about, you know, the sustainability of our earth but versus like just my genetics, my personal genetics. But I'm, would say that I'm very much on the fence of whether or not I will have kids. Um, and it, you know, I think there's many, people in our friend group that are just born with that natural maternal instinct. And so they've known, you know, since they were kids that they would be, or wanted to be a mother. Whereas for me, I, I never felt that as strongly. Um, and so I can, I am in a place where I'm looking at it. Um, and I'm, I'm very much like 50, 50 of, I know that I could have kids and would love it. And all these things. And then I know that I could also not have kids and have a fantastic life and be happy. And, um, that it's a, it's possible, like it's more sustainable. Um, and it could maybe even be a better option for me personally. So
0: I love that perspective. I think it's so cool. I think a lot of people didn't think about that. I mean, maybe in my generation, Mm -hmm. we started to think about it. Like, because I think in back in the day, it wasn't even a question. It was like, you would have kids whether, and if your body couldn't produce a child, that was the whole other stigma and situation. But like, I think Mm -hmm. that my generation probably started thinking about like, am I going to actually do this? It became a choice versus a expectation. What about Mm -hmm.
1: you? Yeah, I have always, I'm one of those people who've just always um, known that I've wanted to be a mom since I was little. I remember like, I carried around a baby doll pretending it was my baby when I was a baby, like (laughs) since day one. And I still feel that way. Although I'm not in a huge rush, I still feel that way. But I I do think it's really, really cool that unconventional family situations are so accepted now. And you don't have to, you don't have to be a mother to be a woman. You don't have to be a wife. You don't, I mean, it's all of those things, those stereotypes are breaking and it's really cool to be a part of that generation that's seeing things differently but I don't really fear bringing kids into the world I mean it's definitely like it's reality it's something to think about but um, I think each gosh each generation presents its scary aspects of the world and um, I feel I feel comfortable that I would be able to like parent and nurture a child into like a healthy happy home situation regardless of kind of what was going on in the world but again that's me talking before I've ever had a kid, so. Maybe maybe that's more of a future question, but but yeah, I mean it's super interesting. Not everyone's
2: having kids now.
1: It yeah, seems like I, it
2: wasn't as much of a choice a generation ago. Yeah, I think it's just a beautiful thing that people have the choice of, first of all, whether they want to or want, don't want to have kids, and also what age. It's like, if you you know want to be young or if you want to wait until you're in your 40s. That I think it's there's not the societal expectations that there once. Were of, you know, Mm -hmm. you get married and then a year later there's baby on the way, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, I feel mm -hmm. like your generation, I mean, even though, you know, we've had people who have not lived that BS traditional, you know, the thing that is being sold for the American dream, you know, I mean, we've had people who are gay or straight or, you know, the new, it's not new, but like, it's new to me, the word non-binary, like, I'm like, what is that? That's so fascinating to me. I think that, you know, this has all been going on forever and, and people have been closeted about their choices. And even women who wanted to have kids or not have kids, or, you know, maybe those women who are like, you know, this is not for me. It's like, you might've kept that to yourself because it wasn't the accepted point of view. And so Mm -hmm. I think what your generation is showing us is that we have the ability to choose in like such an unapologetic way. And I think as we're talking, like, I feel like the aha that like literally has just descended into my soul is that people don't understand millennials because you guys are living your life from a place of choice that most of us have never even considered. And so you Mm -hmm. are living this unapologetic, boundless life that, you know, I mean, is is beyond what a lot of people thought was possible.
2: And circling back, I think that's a really great point that you just made. And I think that may be, I think you may have just verbalized the the reason that a lot of people do see millennials as entitled.
0: Girl, we have changed.
2: 100%. We just solved, well,
1: you just solved so much.
0: <laughs> was, this was a together. Lord knows like this is like truly uh, such an interesting conversation for me because I I don't like to believe things about people that I don't when I haven't done the research, haven't had the conversation to really understand who people are. And so, I mean, a lot of the people that I that I work with, that I employ with my business are younger than me, which I actually like it that way and and you guys and not you you too specifically, but some of the other younger folks that I work with operate differently but with boundaries that like I didn't necessarily have when I was younger and so you know I would just do whatever and say yes versus thinking it through and going, is this the best choice for me and so I really I mm-hmm. feel like you, you know, know. you've really helped to uncover the mystery and you know I, I think it's i think it's really cool i think it's yeah. i think it's a, a, an amazing testament to the evolution of humanity um, as it comes through to your generation and then beyond and you know what and, and you, what we've you know talked a little bit about is what you're seeing you know maybe with some of the younger folks and then how you're going to be able to help them to navigate
1: yeah Totally. And I hope that that's something that we can, to answer your question from a while back, I, I hope that that's something that we can help older generations with is that, is that awareness of self of like, what do I really want out of this life? And, you know, maybe for baby boomers or a generation younger, older, if they've always played by the rules or what's expected or what's normal in quotes, um, hopefully they can learn from us a little bit and look at the rest of their life and think, okay, well, what do I really want to do? I've always imagined myself retiring in Florida or retiring in a certain way, but what do I really want to do with the rest of my life? And like, how do I want to spend these years, even if it's not normal?
0: You know, that is huge, Rachel, like, because people, I think, you know, bought hook, line and sinker, that package that was being sold to them of this is what you're supposed to do. And and to live this assimilated life. And then guess what happened? You're actually a human being with different emotions, and you may or may not, you know, actually subscribe to the the story that you are supposed to buy into. I mean, and I think you bring up a really great point just about what you guys can impart on, you know, each other within within your generation, but to me, so that I can like make sure I'm living my life on my terms which i really do feel like i am and at the same time i think that you know i do subscribe to i've had to break free from you know this house this car shopping at this store and spending you know like all that sort of stuff like that whole keeping up with the joneses thing i think that i've Mm -hmm. had to i've had to do work on myself for that but i think our parents generation specifically as they're like you know, I mean, they really, that was the generation that they came into was like, these are the things you do. And if you go outside of that, then that's really a big problem. And, you know, my mom has been very straight and narrow her whole life. I mean, she was a Girl Scout till she was 18. She's an amazing human being, but, and she's getting ready to retire in a couple of years. And she's like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so she's given herself the space to explore that. And I think that that's so powerful and it's brave of her because I think it's also kind of a point where it can be scary to think through like, how, how am I going to break free from this mold? So girl, you guys preach on to, to your fellow <laughs> men and help us to elevate. We certainly will. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. I mean, this has like been super enlightening.
2: I agree. I feel inspired. (laughs) Yeah, this has been wonderful.
0: You're so cool, girls. I love it. I love it. Um, Well, Rachel, we will figure out where we're going to put this. I mean, I just feel like it's such cool information. Um, Yeah. Share with people. It could be, I, I don't know... I'll think about it in the next hour. Um, then when I talk to you, hopefully I have some sort of a, an answer and Allie, I really appreciate your perspective and yeah, I mean, I just think it's so cool. I don't have anything else to say. I'm, I'm la- lack of words. Well, thanks <laughs> for really having us. Thank you for yeah. having us on. Yay. Thank you. You guys should do your own podcast. It'd be fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun.
0: Not that you have time, but like, seriously. yeah. I think it could be so cool. It could be really cool for you guys, if your friends would let you do it, maybe not use their names, but to record your, like the the conversations that you guys have about these those specific topics could be very cool.
2: Oh yeah, cool. that would be cool. That's a good
0: idea. Okay. Food for thought. I like it. <laughs> All right, ladies. Shree, Shree. Um, Allie, I need to process your payment. Sorry that I've been had my head... In a bag of toys and <laughs> driving around picking stuff up, so I'll do that right now when I get off the phone. And then Rachel, don't worry about it. Thank you. 30. This has been an episode of the Wonder Life Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. For more information about Wonder Health or Wonder Health Age and Vitality Summits, go to wonderhealth.com, and that is Wonder with a U. You may find us on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Wonder Health.